You're listening to 3 and 30, Episode 7, How to Create a More Peaceful Home. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Do any other moms out there occasionally dream of moving to a farm? Yes, a farm. Away from the hustle and bustle of the city, close to nature, without a care in the world. Oh, except for all the livestock and the crops. But naturally, we would figure that out no problem. Or maybe like my husband, you've dreamed of living in a tiny house. No? Just my husband? He had convinced himself that we could live in a tiny house made of storage containers in the middle of the woods, before I reminded him that we have two little children who act like wild animals much of the time, and I didn't think we were quite ready to make the transition to 400 square feet. So, without a farm and without a tiny house, is it even possible to find peace and calm in the busy world that we're raising our children in? Yes, it is. And it might not be as difficult as we imagine. Today on 3 and 30, I have a guest who believes that we can create peaceful, calm homes right where we are, whether we live on farms or in apartments, in the city or in log cabins in the woods. It's not about the actual places where our houses are located. It's about the environment that we foster within those homes. Kate Johnson was living in a big, beautiful home in the country when she reached a turning point, or a breaking point, as she calls it, in her life. She realized that she was not living as the mother she wanted to be, and she made some significant changes to live more true to her values. She now feels in control of the environment in her home, and she's excited to share some simple, tangible ways that we can shift the atmosphere in our homes to make them places of peace for our families. I can't wait to hear more from her about this journey. So Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your life before you discovered a more peaceful way to live? Yes, of course. And so I, my greatest ambition as growing up was to be a wife and mother. And I truly, truly thought that it was going to come natural to me. I thought I was going to be like a deck to water. And then I became a mom two times over. And after my daughter was born, I would wake up in the middle of the night with my heart racing wildly and and with so much anxiety because I didn't enjoy being a mother. Actually, there was very little I enjoyed about being a mother. And this was so upsetting for me because this is what I've always wanted. But everything about it kind of overwhelmed me. I'm someone that gets overwhelmed fairly easy. And having two small children and trying to um, balance all the responsibilities I had felt like too much. I felt like I was a slave to my home and that I can never keep on top of the laundry, let alone the floors. And I felt like I was being robbed of the motherhood that I so desperately wanted. I wanted to have peace and to have a calm home. And I felt like it was complete and utter chaos almost constantly. (laughs) And this was after your second baby was born. Yes. So, um, so what changed for you? Well, I kind of hit a 
breaking point. And it wasn't like the good breaking point, it was like the really, really messy, kind of ugly kind where I, I had like a breakdown and I, my mother-in-law came over and she, and so sweet, she and had my sister-in-law, she took my children to my sister-in-law's and she laid on the bed with me and she, and, and she just, I just cried and cried and cried because I really, really wanted, I mean this, there's a lot of things in life that I don't do great at, but I, I mean not this one, I wanted to be a great mom to my kids and I felt like I was barely, my head was barely above water. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in survival mode for so long that I didn't remember what it even felt like to thrive. And she kept telling me that and it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And I desperately wanted to find my footholds. And around the same time, I had a friend recommend a book, um, Simplicity Parenting by um, Kim Payne. And she said it was life-changing. And she, I knew she wouldn't use those words lightly. So I read it and... For me and my family, it truly was life-changing. It talked about, so it inspired me to simplify pretty much every area in my life and make some actually pretty drastic changes. I found that having like a big home and all the things that I thought I wanted wasn't actually serving me or my family and that I was never able to relax in my house and that I was surrounded by things but not very many of them actually sparked joy and and. So I did. I made some pretty drastic changes. We sold our home in the country, and I actually, we actually ended up moving to the city where we were closer to different things, and we were able to spend more time as a family. Mm-hmm. And I let go of a lot of um, my my things and, and just to free up space. And it was pretty incredible the effect it had not only on myself but my children, having less and less toys and stuff. I was able to, like... Instead of spending all my time cleaning up, I was able to actually spend time with them. Mm-hmm. So it made a huge difference. Yeah. And I know you've told me before that, um, like, you gave away your TV. Like, you just walked to a neighbor and said, do you want my TV? And just yeah, gave it, it to her. Yeah, it was a big one. And I, I'm pretty impressed with myself. I literally just carried it over to her house. I just, I mean, I this wasn't like, I didn't, when I, when I was a child and visualized myself being a mother... I did not picture myself like constantly cleaning and never being able to feel like I could catch up and my children being in front of the TV all day. Like that wasn't the motherhood I wanted. And so I did after reading that book, I, and we we do watch, my children do watch shows on the weekend, but we still, even during the weekdays, we and don't do any type of technology in our house. And it, I mean, it's one of the simplest things you could do to, and it's made a huge impact on our family. Mm-hmm. So it really sounds like to me that you made some shifts in your home and in your environment that made, um, made it match more with what your real values actually were. Is that, would you say that that's accurate? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing though, is like, there's so much in our life that's out of our control and so much in the world that's out of our control, but in the book Simplicity Parenting and other books I've read, there was there's been so much research indicating that our environment has a direct and will directly affect our behavior, and especially specifically with children. There's I mean, we all have experiences where kids are in different environments and they behave like completely different children. And I thought, you know what, my home is the one place that I can um kind of um have a little bit more say in what the environment's gonna be like. And I and I I'm someone that I didn't want a chaotic home. I wanted to have like I mean our house is still lively. I have small children, but 
they're five and seven, but it, I, there's still like, a, I still want a sense of peace and calm to it. So what are some of those small changes that you made in your home that have helped to bring more of a sense of calm, more of the feeling of motherhood that you had hoped for all along that was missing? Um, what's your first takeaway for us if we want to create more calm in our homes? So I started doing research and I came across this and um, this article about this from this amazing lady that I, for the life of me, cannot find it. And I wish I could because it really had a huge impact on me. But anyways, she uses the five senses to create a home like environment. And so she went mm -hmm. on to say that she grew up in a very volatile home and she was determined that when she had a family of her own, that she would do things differently. So she used the five senses in creating the, the an atmosphere for her home. And so I, I really took her, the senses to heart because it felt like, it felt like so like doable because mind you, I get mm -hmm. overwhelmed easy. <laughs> yeah. And tangible, yeah. Uh, easy to, it's one thing to say, I want to create a more calming home. But that's kind of nebulous yes. versus like, I'm going to think through the five senses and what do I want? What, how do I want this, those five senses to, um, what do I want to appeal to those within my home and kind of run down the list and figure it out. Exactly. And the beautiful thing about this, it doesn't really matter if you're home. like, I live in a little, right. Currently we live in a little apartment, a two bedroom mm -hmm. apartment. And I'm still, even though it's not like, and fancy by most standards, like I am still trying to make it a haven for my children, like a safe place that they feel like they belong and that it's little refugee from the world. And so the first and sense is taste. And so and I'm like the first to admit that cooking is not my strong point and not my forte, but my luckily my husband enjoys it, which is great because I love to eat. But so I for and um, we have a theme night, so like do Taco Tuesday and pizza on Friday and some weeks like I'm very ambitious and I'll make like homemade crust and nourishing and try to and add vegetables into our and sauce into, into our sauce thank you <laughs> and other weeks my husband's coming home from work and I'm calling him like hey bring home a little Caesars and <laughs> so it kind of I mean it's just like the ebb and flow of motherhood really like some weeks I'm on it other weeks I'm like surviving and so, but I, but the point of, for me is like to have consistent meals for my family, which up until I kind of simplified my life and tried to add calm was not something that my children or husband or myself could depend on. And so I'm, my thing is like, whether it's like Little Caesars or homemade, like I'm just trying to be consistent with it. And one thing that's kind of been like a really, really simple thing that sounds way more ambitious than it truly is, is that um, at dinner time, I turn down the lights and light a candle. Wow. And it seriously takes, <laughs> I know, but it like, and I, and I even put placemats, but I mean, mind you, our dinner is usually like, some nights it's chicken nuggets or macaroni, like very like kid friendly, simple things. But I still am trying like, and by lighting a candle it takes like an extra like 15 seconds to my day and turning the, down the light, but it has had a huge, I can't even describe, impact on my children as far as like just kind of adding like a level of calm to our home. And then we go around and say our rose and thorn for the day, which is our good and bad part of the day. And my children are small, five and seven, and they're able to participate to participate. And it's fun for me to hear kind of the things that aren't going well and that are going well. 
aren't and are going well and um, makes the transition to bedtime so much smoother. I think this is a good thing that to start when they're little so that when they're teenagers, like hopefully they'll feel comfortable telling me what's going on in their lives. Yeah, definitely. And I love, although at first thought you're like, dinner by candlelight? You know, it sounds like yeah. it should be this romantic big event. But um, so do you just use like a little... Um, like a candle in a jar. It's not like you like pull out the candelabra with the candle. No, it's sticks. just, a, I mean, it's like a candle in a jar and my kids like poke their finger. It's not ne nothing fancy. My placemats have like shrunk five sizes and crested over. <laughs> but I think the point, the point of it is that like, it's just like a tiny little, it's such a small effort for me that it, and it makes, it makes the kids, my children feel special. And also makes me feel like, Oh, I'm like a little added girl, like, oh, I'm doing a good job as a mom. And they're eating their, like, craft macaroni and cheese. Yeah, well, and it feels like it's, like, sounds like it's a visual marker, too, for the for your kids. Like, this is family yeah. dinner. Like, this is a special time, and we light the candle, and we dim the lights, and we're going to connect, and we're going to have this special time. Wow, that's great. And, and then the next thing is sight. And so I'm, like, what I realized from going from, like, almost hoarder status to really, really being intentional with my belongings is I only want to, if I have like, I'd rather have five things I really love than 50 things I kind of like. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, unless it's something that truly makes me happy or that I find beautiful or useful, like I am donating it. And it's like, it's really for me, like I want my, I mean, I like having clutter and stuff like that gives me anxiety. And I feel like I want to, like more than anything, I, I want to feel calm and peaceful in my home mm -hmm. and, and my kids, of course, my kids as well. Yeah. Okay. And then what about, um, touch? Touch. And so this one, I and have soft blankets, like on my, just like a simple soft blanket on my couch. And then I have this sheepskin rug in my, and children's room and I try to add texture. And it's really interesting because when they are dysregulated or upset, they, they definitely gravitate towards those kind of comfy soft things in the house and mm -hmm. I think it's calming yeah and you deliberately do that I mean I remember you saying that you had been to like a yoga retreat or a meditation retreat where they'd used sheepskin rugs and you were like I I'm getting these for my kids room like you came home saying yes. that, that it had calmed you and brought the feeling that you wanted there and you're and you thought I want to translate that into my home which I think is awesome Thank you. So I have a friend who has a big rug in her front room. That's one of those shag rugs that are in right now. And they're really cute, but they're also really soft. And she said that it is the place where her family congregates. Her kids all like they come home from school and they all just want to lay on the rug. So, um, <laughs> so they all, I can just picture she has four kids, like them all laying on the rug talking after school because it's soft and comfy and they love it. And I just think that that's great. I think that's so great. And it's such a small thing that kind of, and that you wouldn't think would be, have such an impact on bringing your children together. Yeah. Oh, and I have a sister that and shared a story with me that I thought was really, really neat. She said that, and her children, they had to end their, their living room is right off their kitchen. And she kind of thought that would be the place that her teenage kids congregated. And they, she noticed that nobody was really like hanging out or spending time together. And she had in her living room, she had this beautiful, gorgeous leather couch, but it was pretty stiff and nobody really likes sitting on it because it was fairly formal. 
And so she decided to sell that couch and she ended up going and getting like an inexpensive, yet really, really comfy gray sectional. And she um, put it in her living room and she noticed that her kids started sitting around and visiting and they, she ended up, they ended up becoming kind of like their family hangout spot. And so she ended up having a lot more conversations and she mentioned that she was completely like shocked that that one simple change is, I mean, of replacing her couch had such an impact on her relationship with her kids. That's so I thought great. That was, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. That's what I love about being mindful of our environments because it really does affect behavior. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is smell. And this one kind of made me laugh because when I originally heard the article and the, the lady that originally had written the article said that she would put in like pre-made cookie dough as her children were getting home from school. So that it would smell like cookies. And I'm like, that's the best idea ever. So I tried it one time and I pretty much ate all the cookies. I'm like, oops, we can't do this. <laughs> Maybe I doing it every day. I was like, I don't have that type of self-control. And so I, but I did, I thought a lot like, what do I want my home to smell like? Growing up, my house, my mom's home smelled like Yankee um, candles, like autumn candles all year long. And so whenever I smell it, it's such a nostalgic feeling. And I get that kind of like warm, fuzzy home feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, the smell that I really enjoy is like vanilla and peppermint. So I do. I like candles, put a little essential oils on my um, air vents so or, and filters, air filters, and do things that I, because I, I mean, especially with kids, like, I don't want my house, I, I want my house to smell good, not like, you know. Funky kid smell. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing is sound, which is something that I, I kind of um, overlooked, but I am... Um, I have an Amazon Music, and I know there's like Pandora and Spotify and kind of, and I have a soundtrack, and it looks so it looks so cheesy. It's just a it's it's by Fisher Price, and it's called Popular Songs, and it's a little bear with sunglasses. And my friend told me about it, and I was really apprehensive, but basically it's kind of modern songs that are instrumental. So songs you hear on the radio, but like the instrumental kind of calming version of them, and I love it. I've given. Given it as gifts and stuff, because it's just like, it's, it's not like other lullaby tracks where you're kind of like, oh, I can't wait till this is over. Like, I, I can't wait till the kids go to bed so I can turn this junk off. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or it's kind of like, even my husband doesn't mind listening to it. And so when I'm trying to add calm, I usually go and straight for that soundtrack. And then when I'm trying to add energy, like I want like we're just kind of all grumpy or I want my kids to help with stuff. I have a second mix where it's kind of more like fun songs and kind of more like songs you kind of want to get up and dance to. So depending on like the the mood I want in my house is the type of music that I tend to play. Yeah. I love my kids love, um, for cleaning. They love oldies. Um, so I'll put in just like oldies on Pandora and, like sugar pie, honey bunch will come on and yes. songs like that. And we all dance and it's pretty great. So it is fun. And those are like the, like, cause motherhood's daunting. It's fun to add like a little bit of magic into it. Like in simple ways like that. Yeah. And what I love about this five senses idea is that every mother could totally personalize this according to her style. So yes. they, you know, it doesn't have to look a certain way if you're not the type of mom that, you know, is into lavender and homemade bread, you could do something totally different that fits you and your personality, but you're just being deliberate thinking about, okay, what do I want our home to 
taste like, smell like, look like, sound like, and work it in. So that's such exactly. a great takeaway. Okay, and what? so what is our second takeaway of how we can make our homes more peaceful? Okay, so this is kind of funny because Rachel actually sent me this idea. You actually sent me this idea mm-hmm. at the kid of the day a few years ago, and I didn't remember who sent it to me, but it has been and, a game changer. And I didn't remember who sent it. But <laughs> <laughs> so when you told me about it, I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Your sister actually was like, Rachel, you're the one who gave her that idea. And I was like, I did? I'm brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> You truly are, because it has been a game changer. So, so tell then, us again, what is it called? So it's called Kid of the Day. Mm-hmm. And and this is kind of like solves everything, I feel like. And like, you know, with children, there's always, at least with my kids, there's close in age, there's kind of contention, like who gets to go first or who gets to blow out the candle at dinner time? Like lots of little and little arguments that happen. And so what we have is the kid of the day. So my son is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My daughter's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and Sunday's kind of a free-for-all where they are like kind of the designated or they get a little bit extra special treatment and kind of get to make the decisions or like, you know, for um, what movie we're going to watch or who gets to go first and stuff. And they really, really grasp onto this idea. So when an argument starts breaking out, I'll ask, who's the kid of the day? And then they'll say, oh, Jed is. And so he gets to get the last cookie or, you know, whatever the thing is that, and it has seriously cut down the contention in my home so much. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. That has been huge. And we've honestly done it for a few years. I know for families of different sizes that they'd have to kind of accommodate accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, but it has, it has really, really made a huge impact in our family as far as contention going down. So the first takeaway really addresses um, bringing more peace to your environment. But we all know that if your kids are fighting all the time over every little thing, then who cares if you have vanilla candles and like, it it doesn't matter, you know? So a way to get them to stop arguing so much, this kid of the day idea. And I do remember reading an article about it that I must have forwarded along, but I've never actually tried it. And I'm so grateful that you've, you're reminding me of it because I want to try it with my two kids. And I'm pretty sure that in the article, she taught, she said that, she has um, like a star on her refrigerator and then she puts the, she has a laminated picture of her kids that she puts on the star for whoever's day it is. And she's, her kids are young, you know, but um, do you have some way that you show who the kid of the day is or do your kids just know? So we've been doing it long enough that my children just know. Yeah. But I think a star idea would be good because it's like one more like simple thing you could do to make that child feel special that day. Yeah. And just as a visual reminder at first of, I was even thinking if I start this with my kids to just get a picture of each of them and put it up on the picture of Noah when it's his day, the picture of Sally when it's her day so that if they're not sure they can check and look. Because I think sometimes we can try to make system or like, I have to make the perfect star plaque for the fridge. And that that just makes it too complicated. It's like, just keep it simple. Um, And then what about takeaway number three? Okay, so this one is more for the environment of our home. And it's to create a rhythm. And and the reason I really, really love rhythms is, is to me less intimidating than a schedule because it's kind of like, a flow of the day and it doesn't have to be like minute by minute and it's also something that you can easily adjust and I do I'm constantly tinkering with it and 
But rhythms are good because they're an anchor and so your children know what to expect and what's expected of them. And um, I, um, I really, really, really love that and Megan from the website um, Whole Family Rhythms. And I'm actually, I actually follow the rhythm that she has on her website just because um, it's, it's simpler for me to have someone do all the work. And, and the point of rhythms is to make your life easier. Like if I were to make it like I had to be perfect or kind of like um, too complicated the activities, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So basically like on um, Mondays, we, after my children get home from school, we work in the kitchen. And I don't even have like a baking day because some days I don't want to bake, but like at least one day of the week, I'm like knowing that they're going to help me cook because I think it's good for them and for me. But honestly, like it's never fun. Do you think it's fun no. to cook with oh, kids? Like, no, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something that I want to do, but I have to like mentally prepare. Like this is going to be a mess and it's going to take 10 times longer. And so on Mondays we do, that's our cooking day. And so and you then, can kind um, of gear up mentally, like I'm, it's going to be hard today, but we're going to do it because it's good for them. Yeah. And, and Megan and her rhythm, she has like a simple recipe to do with kids. That's pretty kid friendly, pretty quick and easy clean it. And it's still a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I have to like, I, I do, I mentally, cause other days of the week, like I'm like, I'm wanting to get in there and get it done. Not like, you know, be like a fun mom. And so, and then on Tuesdays, we um, do art. And so some days it's as simple, like, as me getting out a piece of paper and having them color. And other days, like, I bust out the paints and, and the watercolors and different things. And so, um, but that's kind of, like, the one day week that, like, because art's the same way as cooking for me. It's pretty, it can be pretty messy. And I have to, like, be mentally prepared that, like, okay, this is kind of, like, what we're going to do today. And my kids love it. And I, I usually end, end up painting with them. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, it's something calming for me to, to, that I actually enjoy doing with them. But I know for like other mothers that may not be like my twin sister, for example, like that's not the thing that she would enjoy doing. The point of it is to find something that you enjoy and that your highest contribution as a mother and do that. Right. So I'm just giving an example of what I'm doing, but definitely, definitely. I think this is like a rhythm is something that you cater towards your interest. Right. And then on Wednesday, it's the library day. And I found that my children after school are usually not even wanting to go to the library. So I started going by myself. I love it. Because <laughs> I'm able to wander around, take my time. I don't have to worry about anything. And so when they get home, we, I, I like reading with my kids. They like looking at stories. And so that's and kind of what we do on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursdays, we do handwork. And I know for different families, like it would be completely different. My children do attend a Waldorf school. And so they know how to knit and stuff, which is something like, honestly, I had never done. Like I had a YouTube it to learn how to do it. And my son's way better, <laughs> way, way, way better than I am at it. And he but enjoys it, right? Like, yeah. He's passionate for it. It's been so good for his confidence. But, and, but anyways, it's just kind of like something with our hands. And so it's kind of like what, like, I just, I think there's something really, really empowering to me and to my children that like, I made this, my hands made this. And so, I mean, some weeks it's really simple. Like it could be knitting or whatever your kids kind of in building blocks, like something that they, they do and can take and take credit, credit for. Mm-hmm. And then on Fridays is our adventure or time in nature, which sounds really ambitious. It usually means we go to the park, but it's like one day a week that I'm like, 
okay, I really need to make sure that we're getting outside, that I'm getting outside, that like, usually we're pretty stir crazy on Fridays anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of just like a day to be outside. And so, yeah, and I love that. And my daughter attends a Waldorf preschool and so they do rhythms there and, um, her rhythm, their rhythm there is on Monday, they gather eggs from the chickens and then they eat the eggs for lunch. I know. So cute. On Tuesdays, they make bread. On Wednesdays, they make soup and all of the kids bring a different vegetable and then they make soup with it. Thursdays is, they go on hike. It's hike day and they go out in nature and they do a hike. Um, And so she really knows that rhythm. Like it's become definitely an anchor for her because she's only three. And so she'll ask me, mom, what day is it? And she doesn't mean what day of the week because that would mean nothing to her. Um, She means what day is it as in what rhythm day. So I'll say it's soup day or it's hike day, it's egg day. And she knows right away and she feels more comfortable and excited about going to school because she knows that activity is going to take place that day. So if you can do something like that in your home, um, where you're like today's book day, today's art day, today's movie day, whatever it may be, um, it can help to establish some stability, I think for your, for your family and some calm for your family and also for yourself as a mom. Cause I don't know about you, but I, um, sometimes I, I don't know what to do with those hours after school. I'm like, there's so many things we could do and I'm running to extracurriculars and this and that. And yes. I'm like, so for me to have a little bit of structure is really calming for me. And it gives me an idea of what to do with them. So I'm not just feeling overwhelmed or end up turning on the TV for the hundredth time, you know? So it's re- could be really helpful. Like for me as a mom, it's grounding because I would, I'd come, they'd come home and I'd feel like panic. Like, what am I going to do with them? And I, and I wanted to feel more intentional. I wanted to feel like, like you, Rachel, I know that you were an English teacher before and you had mentioned that I would never go into like my classroom without having something prepared. Mm-hmm. But sometimes as moms, like we're, we're like, you know, like we're supposed to guide and, and care and teach these like small, these children that we have. And a lot of times, like I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. And I think that, I think my joy and in motherhood has increased so much. And I think it's partly because I have a rhythm. So I feel like okay, I feel more grounded. Like I have a plan. Like we're okay. I can do this. Yeah. And you feel more confident instead of being like, this is a free for all. And I hope that they don't run all, run me ragged and run all over me today. Yes. Which was like always the case. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has been so great. So many good tangible ideas for things that we can do to create more calm in our homes, regardless of what our own personal motherhood style is and the values that we hold for our families and how we want our homes to look, we can adapt these ideas easily. So can you really quickly run through the three takeaways for us one more time? Yes, of course. And so my first takeaway is adding the five senses into our home. And the second is having a kid of the day. And the third is to create a rhythm. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for coming on and for sharing a little bit about your story from going from frazzled, overwhelmed, um, maybe a little disillusioned as a mom. And I know (laughs) we've all been there to feeling more in control and loving motherhood more, loving your life more and sharing some of these tips with our listeners. 
It's been a great help. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you feel as inspired as I do to make small or big changes within your home so that we can create more calm and deliberately build the types of environments that will help us to be the mothers that we really want to be. Kate told me after our interview that during her breakdown period, when she was feeling overwhelmed by motherhood and her big house and all of her stuff and the lack of calm routine in their lives, that she heard a quote that really struck her like electricity, she said. The quote was, at any given point, you can say, this is not how the story is going to end. So thank you, Kate, for giving us ideas for how we can rewrite or at least tweak the stories that are playing out in our homes. As always, if you liked this episode, please share it, review the podcast, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Last week, I did something different with the podcast and shared something intensely personal as we were going through a tragic loss in our family, and I really appreciate you allowing me to share my heart, and I hope that it was helpful to some of you who are going through your own struggles. Keep up the good work, moms, and have a great week with your family. Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.